Welcome to the Smart Industry Podcast, Remaking Industry, where we dive deep into the tools, techniques, and technologies that are accelerating digital transformation. Okay, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. My name is Chris McNamara, Editor-in-Chief with Smart Industry. We're thrilled to have you join us. Today, we are looking at a hot topic in our space, the metaverse, uh, the metaverse in manufacturing in particular. Um, we're chatting with Johnny Zhang, Vice President with Cap Gemini. Johnny, thanks for joining us here today. Thank you, Chris, for having me. Yeah, um, let's get to know you a little bit. First off, tell me, uh, what's a hobby that you have? Oh, you know, I used to be an avid photographer. I, I love photography. I love traveling and taking pictures. But obviously, that's been a big challenge over the last couple of years uh, yeah, right. due to the situation. But uh, but yeah, uh, that's always a big thing, learning and seeing new places and, and capturing the beauty of it. Cool. And tell me about your role and a little bit uh, real quick, what, uh, who and what is Capgemini? Sure. Uh, so I'm the chief software officer at Capgemini, um, and uh, Capgemini is a, I would say, a digital transformation company, and it is one of the leaders in um, both uh, engineering uh, services as well as IT services and supporting our clients uh, worldwide in sort of undergoing a lot of the digital transformation that is happening today. Uh, we are a big supporter of what we like to call intelligent industry, meaning that every single industry is undergoing massive transformation as they take in things around digital software, uh, exciting new topics like the metaverse uh, into their strategy and they evolve. They evolve the way they do business, the way they evolve the way they interact with customers and uh, they deliver and build new value streams. Yeah, and our audience is certainly steeped in that whole uh, transformation trend, so we're right in the right spot. Um, we're talking metaverse today. Um, let's let's start the discussion. How do you define the metaverse in general, and then let's talk about applications in the industrial slash manufacturing space. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's it's such a hot topic right now. I think everyone is talking about the metaverse and what is it exactly is very hard to define. I think everybody is kind of coming up with their own definition based off of what makes the most sense. But I think um, from our perspective, you know, the, the way we think about the metaverse, it is an evolution uh, of really sort of the next generation of interaction. So I would say it, it is a container. Uh, it's not just technology. It is a container of future public and private decentralized immersive virtual spaces that allow us to drive at new experiences. And so, you know, there's obviously tons of applications from a consumer standpoint, from a, a company standpoint, from an ex, uh, employee standpoint, but it is, it's a, it's still a concept, right? It's, it's a technology development, but everyone is moving toward it because fundamentally a metaverse uh, in, in concreteness or, or an abstractionist will be built. I mean, it, it, it's already there today in various little pockets. Uh, if you think about, you know, some of the, the ways that we use AR and VR technology, but the idea is in the future, there will effectively be a, a, a giant platform, if you will, that integrates all these di different um, virtual spaces and virtual uses of, of experience together. And we'll be able to interact on our, 
you know, regular universe uh, realism level as well as in this metaverse. Yeah, a regular universe. Uh, the fact that we have to <laughs> differentiate that kind of scares me. I saw a headline yesterday that uh, something, I didn't even read it because I didn't want to upset myself, but talking about there are, there will soon be McDonald's um, uh, franchises in the metaverse. So that was um, <laughs> news yesterday. Um, talk specifically, um, uh, differentiate for me, the metaverse, as most people are probably commonly associated with, you know, like with, with Mark Zuckerberg's announcements and all that stuff is kind of like a um, uh, recreational space uh, in that sense. What differentiates manufacturing or industrial applications or environments within the metaverse from kind of the more um, recreational or, or social? Yeah, I mean, I think really metaverse, I think the easiest way to digest it, it's, it's an expansion of our current communication and engagement. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can think about it from a consumer standpoint easily, right? Oh, it's, it's gaming, right? You have a virtual uh, uh, id that, you know, you walk around and buy, you know, virtual McDonald's, as you were mentioning. Yeah. But uh, there's actually a very strong application in, in enterprise, right? And in manufacturing, which is how do you engage in that next level of conversation, engagement, employee interaction, human interaction. Um, and I think you can kind of see that progression based off of our latest trigger around COVID, right? I mean, because fundamentally, we we're all going to the office. We have great, you know, uh, relationships and peer. And then the the remote thing was always something we could do on the side in case we can't come into the office. You know, we'll zoom in, WebEx in, Teams in, whatever. Right. Um, but you know, once you because of COVID, now this has become the norm. You have to work like this, and you have to be able to engage. And some, uh, you know, uh, work. Um, is easier to do remote than others. So if we think about manufacturing and you think about you know, the production line, right? And all the testing, for example, that needs to happen on a, on a manufacturing line and, and the, the assembly line, you can't do that through you know, uh, remote, right? right? And I think that's the major thing that we ran into and in the, in the big issue with our supply chain today. But in this new generation, if we are able to engage, say, with uh, the metaverse concept where you could virtually be on that line, you could virtually control the assembly line, you can virtually inspect the products coming off of that assembly line uh, in this immersive way, then we maybe wouldn't see the blockages that we're seeing in our supply chain. So the application is, is definitely there. And it's, it's really, I think about, you know, if you were in your remote call, but instead of being in a remote call, you're actually standing uh, in the virtual sense, um, you know, in there and, and on the, on the uh, manufacturing line, looking at the product, right. Yeah. Looking at uh, and, and being able to do uh, you know, the inspection of it or the quality verification of it or whatnot. So absolutely applicable. Um, so, you know, I, I think the, it's a fantastic concept. There's still a ways to get there, but at the same time, we've already been exploring a lot of this. And the other thing I think that comes to mind immediately when you come to this immersive uh, experience is, is training, you know, because we had to all operate remote or we can no longer um, 
you know, train up skilled resources that do certain types of work, right? Because it used to be something you can put people in a room, you can kind of undergo, here's, here's how you sure. would do testing, how you would sure. do maintenance, right? You can't do that anymore and you would have to find a new way for them to engage. And everything's good on, you know, conversationally or reading a textbook or reading a manual, but if you could get them in that experience, show them this is the machine, right? This is what you would detect. This is the type of fault you would see right, or the quality issue you would identify, then that actually becomes quite an enabler to, to the value of the supply chain. Yeah, I hear, we hear stories a lot about uh, employees are coming in on, on day one, you know, coming in, you know, um, those that are going in, and they're, they're much, they're ready to, to, to rock and roll on day one because they've had this immersive training and this comprehensive, you know, augmented and virtual training in the, in the weeks leading up to starting. And that's a huge boost um, to, to people getting started. In addition to those applications where like, you know, a, a guy at a central hub, or, you know, a, a, an expert can, can have 10 field technicians out and they can all be tapping his expertise with, you know, goggles or whatever, um, mm -hmm. just kind of lending that, that added um, uh, reach into the field and, 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 you know, spreading that expertise around. Um, you know, a phrase that, that I know your team uses is Web 3.0 um, in the manufacturing sector. What do you guys mean by Web 3.0 and um, how is that evolving in, in our digital era here? Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's very similar of Web 3, Metaverse. These are all kind of pretty hypey terms, I would sure. say. Um, yeah. And a lot of people define Web3 in a, a variety of different ways as well. So, you know, uh, the Web3 can be known as like semantic web, which is like contextually, it's how machines would start to interact more like humans. But you can also say a lot of Web3 today is actually focused on um, sort of decentralized uh, transactions uh, yeah. and, and the internet. And primarily application of that is more I would say is on cryptocurrency and all of that hype over there too. Um, so I think, you know, the, the concept of Web3, I would like to, uh, I guess, summarize it to fundamentally, it's about being decentralized, right? So the, the whole idea, whether it's, it's metaverse or Web3, is that you don't operate in a, in a Web2 kind of format where, you're generating a lot of content. Everybody has their own content, but you're generating them on existing large tech platforms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, somebody else is intermediating between your content and how the rest of the world sees it. Yeah. In Web3 or in, in Metaverse, right, the, the, the concept is that it's decentralized. You generate your own content and you have a direct peer-to-peer -peer relationship with whoever is consuming it. So there's not somebody, you know, big brothering or, or uh, monitoring how that comes across. Yeah. Um, in, you know, again, I think applying it back to the, to the manufacturing space, the, the biggest application would be in supply chains, right? Uh, you know, having a distributed ledger, kind of the evolution of, of blockchain um, so that there is uh, mutual trust on how something moves through the supply chain or moves through the manufacturing line, you know, uh, that your um, bill of materials and the quality that you get from your suppliers and uh, the things that, that go through your value chain is consistent, uh, the data has integrity, and that you actually produce what you intend to do. So I think that that's more the concept around Web3. But obviously, it's, it's a big topic right now, uh, mostly around distributed ledgers in, uh, in uh, cryptocurrency and digital assets. Yeah. 
you know, in, 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 with these topics and kind of the, getting back to the metaverse a little bit more specifically, how, where, where are we at in terms of this in, in the manufacturing space? How mature, how engaged are, are manufacturers in this? I know there's probably a very wide spectrum, but, um, and are the, you know, are there any verticals that are particularly front runners in adopting metaverse approaches uh, as, as a whole is, is manufacturing a laggard in this respect because of, uh, you know, costly assets and, and kind of antiquated uh, ways of operating? Where are we at in terms of uh, maturity of adoption? Yeah, it's a great question. And as you can, as you kind of already alluded to, the, the answer is it varies, right? Um, you know, I think the application and the use cases are, are different. You may say that a consumer company is more advanced in creating the, the metaverse uh, content around, you know, a consumer experience or trying on clothes or things like that. But at the same time, if you look at manufacturing, there is actually some very advanced adoptions of extended reality. Um, uh, we see that especially in in training, actually, I think that that's one of the the key areas uh, for manufacturing. You know, whether you're looking at sort of the uh, augmented reality uh, or uh, tutorials on how you actually go about handling these uh, large machineries um, safely, right? And I think that yeah. the safety thing is 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 a key one too, or just the complexity of it. Fundamentally, you know, if you're diagnosing a, a car or um, or you know, uh, you're doing visual inspection on a, a chip. You know, both of those things um, benefit from sort of the extended reality training because now you can you can double click and deep dive into that specific item, how it should be used, what are the details behind it. You can bring up uh, tutorials, um, uh, how-to videos, uh, things like that. That makes it very compelling and, and very educational at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think in, in that form of adoption, manufacturing is actually quite advanced. It, it often happens for, I would say, more heavy manufacturing, right? Because you do have big machines, big capital assets, um, big safety issues uh, that, that people have been able to take that uh, into, into play. Um, and another uh, uh, application would be like field service, right? Uh, oftentimes, you know, sure. whether you're uh, doing remote um, predictive maintenance or, or something like that on uh, big machineries that that you are preventing uh, the the issue before it even happens. Yeah. Um, so all those applications, I would say that manufacturing is is leading in in the technology of it, and um, you know they. The laggard part, I would say, probably faces more on employee engagement and more consumer-esque because I, fundamentally, I think the use cases are quite different, right? Um, and I, I actually extremely uh, respect the adoption of um, metaverse or extended reality um, concepts in manufacturing because there's a very heavy um, product element to it, systems and engineering to it, right? Which I think, you know, for a consumer product is relatively more simple, right? But when you're interacting with a large piece of machinery that is not only a machine, but it is, it's got piece and parts and gears and engines and embedded software and models of it. So yeah. to, to be able to operate, you know, even effectively an evolution, uh, an evolved version of that digital twin is very complex. And I, I think that manufacturers have 
done quite a good job actually at starting that journey. Excellent. You know, I was going to ask you about specifics about uh, the metaphors benefiting the modern manufacturer. And I think we just touched on a lot of those, you know, training um, mm-hmm. components, um, you know, greater visibility and, and optimizing the supply chain and, and, and uh, enabling field technicians to work uh, smarter, things like that. Um, let's talk about the, the uh, effect on larger business strategy. Um, do you find that, you know, you, even among early adopters of metaverse initiatives, is it truly informing or changing the larger business strategy, or are we still at the stage where we're we're kicking the tires and trying to figure out, you know, how how can I use this? How how can this benefit my business, or or will it, or will it fail on us, or or is it really being uh, threaded into larger business strategy plans? Yeah, I think that the. The, the great application of it, as I said, has been on training. And, I, and you can say that, oh, training use cases are more mm, experimental, kicking the tires, right? Sort of a low security, pretty, uh, it's not terrible if things go wrong. But at the same right. time, I, I do think the, the validation that people have been able to get through training, immersive training and immersive um, uh, tutorials and things like that has been able to prove that this is something quite valuable. So we do see a scale up definitely from a lot of uh, heavy industrial manufacturers looking at how to, how to do this. And I think it's also important to recognize that the, the level of entry or the, the barrier to entry has dropped, right? So you can say previously, if you were to buy an, an AR VR system, you know, it would be a much larger capital investment than sure. it is today. And so as technology gets more accessible, then the use of technology becomes more rampant. And so I, I think that uh, in that sense, there is a, a larger adoption. Now, I think to get to the, you know, what the, the, the future concept of metaverse, and as I was talking about sort of that entire remote manufacturing line, uh, that will take um, that's a key change in, in manufacturing strategy. I, I think we're starting to see the seedlings of it because we've been challenged by COVID, you know, because sure. we're seeing supply chain issues today. People are, are thinking about if something like this happens again, you know, I don't want to shut down my plant. What can I do? Can I, yeah. can I have visuals into my, my physical plant, but remotely coordinating, you know, having a control tower, a control system that actually does that. How do I have people log in to the, the manufacturing line and do the inspections and quality all remotely, right? And uh, so there are, we have seen a few of our clients moving in that direction, already preparing for the future for a sort of a remote engaged uh, manufacturing line. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been, we've been uh, celebrating the potential of block with, with uh, metaverse initiatives in the manufacturing space. Let's talk challenges. Um, what, what are hurdles um, that are particularly germane to the industrial space with metaverse? Could it be legacy assets? Could it be a grain workforce that, that is just frankly wary of, a, of learning new technologies like this? Are there are there elements of metaverse initiatives that are just kind of at, at loggerheads with with uh, manufacturing in general? What are some of the cha- most common challenges, Jenny? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's 
with any of these technology evolutions is going to be a bit of change management uh, because it's not the typical way of doing things. They need to train up a new generation that interact and engage in a different way. Yeah. Um, I think that what uh, COVID has been able to accelerate is that you can't keep doing the ways the, the ways that they're doing before. And so I think that that's been a very strong reminder that we need to change the way we engage. And so I think that barrier has reduced, but at the same time, it, it still exists, right? A lot of this knowledge, a lot of this, the way that you operate and engage has uh, a lot of history and, and um, the process of the way that things are done. But I, I think that's that's the evolution is that we will identify new processes. We will train people with new processes and give people a, a new avenue to support and engage um, and and kind of chart out the path for the future forward. Yeah. And and as young uh, people enter the workforce increasingly you know, they, as with any new technology, they, they have grown up using this and they, they, from a young age, they were playing with virtual reality and augmented reality components. Exactly. They're more cognizant of what's, what the metaverse is and, and ultimately won't even become as much of a, of a concept, you know, the same way that we think about the internet, whereas, you know, it, it was formerly like a tool and now it's just kind of a fabric of, you know, of, of life and of working and of communications and things like that, you know, so much so that yeah. I love the fact that, you know, we, for, for 25 years, we had always capitalized the word internet and at least in our space, in the editorial space, now we, we write internet with a lowercase because it's, no longer, <laughs> you know, you don't capitalize table and you don't capitalize highway, <laughs> you, you know, it's just kind of ubiquitous, which I always find interesting. Um, last sure, question for sure. you, Johnny. Um, let's look ahead near future. Um, particularly regarding the metaverse and the manufacturing space. What's coming down the road in the next six months, one year, five years, 10 years? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I, I think that, like I said, the, the full concept of metaverse, I think is still a few years out, um, really to get into that full decentralized, I'm building something only consumed, uh, you know, as, a, as an endpoint. So I, I think from a technology angle, it's still being built. Um, from an application angle, you know, six months, uh, one year, three year, five year, it's it's absolutely there already. I think what we see more and more adoption of the extended reality uh, training, I think, is the number one use case. Um, I think the the next piece I, I think would be very interesting is around um, assist, right? So the sort of the mobile and and uh, extended reality assist to people operating such as field service. Um, it, that's also starting to pick up. I think it will start to ramp more aggressively because again, you, you have uh, a new workforce willing to engage in a different way. Mm -hmm. What I'm really excited about, I think, is in, in engineering, cap engineering specifically, You know, we work with a lot of manufacturers and innovators that are building the next generation machines um, that are used on the manufacturing plant and they manufacture them themselves. And so this whole concept of a, I think digital twin, um, you know, it's also been a word that's been floating around there, but I think it will come to a lot more concreteness, you know, not just the data behind it, but really visualizing that data into an actual, not actual, but a virtual entity, right? That you can interact with, control, shift, um, and uh, alt, uh, 
you know, alter and see the response out of it. So that, that's a very exciting area in innovation. Yeah, and that's the ultimate goal. Um, well, it's exciting. You know, I, I really feel like we're just getting started um, in this in this journey, and it's uh, it's thrilling to see. You know, and these things these things um, wrap up so quickly um, these days that it's it'll be exciting to see where we're at in a month and in the short term and the long term. It's very exciting stuff. Um, Johnny Zhang uh, with Capgemini, thanks for joining us on the Remaking Industry podcast today. Happy to be here. Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah, and to our listeners, we thank you for joining us. As always, we encourage you to go out and make it a smart day.